Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Javon, aka Geeky and Creepy. They're a cosplayer, super fan of Disney, super fan of horror and Halloween, and of course, a super fan of Sailor Moon. I'm super excited to have them on the show. Hey, Siobhan. Hi. Thank you for Hi. having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. I'm so excited. Uh, especially because, like, I don't get many, like, people I'm friends with in real life on the show all the time, so this is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, first question is, all my guests are, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Um, Saturday morning, mm. eating some sort of breakfast, probably cereal, and just vegging out in front of the TV. And I remember just being like, what is this? They're a group of girls, and they're kicking butt, and they're just all friends, and the colors. I just remember being like, I want to say like seven, eight. That was a bit ago. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that sounds about right. Do you remember what cereals were you eating at the time? I'm trying to like uh, be there with you. Something chock full of sugar because <laughs> when I was younger, if it was colorful, I ate it. And then mm. somewhere along the lines, I was just like, all cereal is nasty. But I remember being younger and just eating it out of the bowl because I like my cereal dry. So I was eating it like popcorn with a glass mm. of milk to the side. <laughs> I used to do that with Frosted Flakes. What is that? Frosted Flakes was not one of the ones on my <laughs> my cereal to eat list. It wasn't colorful. It yes, was no, it didn't have enough colors for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it's cool though. It's funny you're attracted to like colorful cereal and colorful like Sailor Scouts, probably. Yep. <laughs> it was the color palette that probably sucked me in and kept me there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you have a favorite Sailor Scout or Senshi? Yes. So, right off the bat, even till this day, the one episode that I remember watching as a child and being like, oh my god, I love you, was Sailor Mars. Mm. Um, her introduction episode, and just watching the flames, and I was just like, yes, you are my favorite. Your long, <laughs> beautiful, dark hair with the like purple cast, too. I was like, I want to be her. And, like, growing up, and then finding out, like, all about astrology i was like oh this makes sense i'm an aries so all things fire um and then like continuing in the series it became uh chibi usa because of her introduction which was literally just dropping out of the sky with a gun and i was like ah violence <laughs> this is this is just all of my jam thanks so it's a toss-up between those two yeah i love chibi usa because he's definitely like a cute but also violent <laughs> very <laughs> it's just the perfect like know that Kirby thing with him holding the knife? Yes. That like meme. I feel like that's Chibius. <laughs> oh yeah, that is definitely her. Yeah. But I love it. She's so cute. She is. She's super cute. Um, that is cool. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of overlap with Aries and Sierra Mars, and I never thought of before until I made this podcast. And then every like a lot of Aries are like Sailor Mars is my person, and I'm like, man, astrology is real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Did you um you mentioned her first appearance. Do you have any other favorite episodes? Or do you have any other favorite episodes? Um everybody's sort of intro episode was my favorite because they did do a lot of like this is just about them and then how they interact with the others. So it was mm-hmm. I like world building. So the fact mm-hmm. that we got to see how they were living and what they did in school and then how it overlapped as a group. I just liked each of those episodes separately. And then, of course, like later on in the series, we do still see them pair off and like have individual moments. But it was just all the intro episodes are my favorites for every character we get introduced um, later on when we get all the stars and the rest of the planets. I was just like, oh, I just love all of you separately. And then when you come together, I'm just like, damn, this is the mega group that I want to be a part of. Yes, absolutely. That is a how I feel too um and then so you started cosplaying too um when did you start cosplaying and how did you get into cosplaying um what year is this uh so it's 2020 I started cosplaying in 2012 just Mm -hmm. like very casually like once in a blue moon I'd be like oh I want to dress up like this character but it wasn't oh I want to make this I want to craft this I want to take pictures and try to emulate what's happening in whatever scene that I pulled the costume from that didn't happen until around 2014 um 
and then I was like oh crap I should probably learn how to sew or something and then I realized that's not for me I just like crafting uh props and painting so I just started paying other people to make my cosplays um, <laughs> but what really did it for me was when I got to do Kelly Sue DeConnick's Bitch Planet mm. um one of those cosplays and I, it was supposed to be a group of us but it ended up being me and my friend Robin and I was just like this comic is who I want to be this character is who I want to grow up to be eventually um and then I actually ended up on the back of one of the comics and I was like oh oh wow now I'm a cosplayer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it just I, yeah, kicked sorry. off yeah I didn't realize that was something that I wanted for my life until just now <laughs> yeah see it was yeah when I woke up like me and my, it was me, Robin, and my friend Pam. We took the photo in a very crowded Javits, but mm. in this little alcove, so it looks like we're in the prison. Mm. Um, oh, right. Javits just kind of look like a prison. Yeah. Well, <laughs> most definitely, especially underneath the stairs. Great for that. Right. Yeah. Um, so we took the photo, and I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, yeah, I'll send it to me. I'm going to put it on Instagram. And then I like went to sleep after I posted it and woke up to a tweet from Kelly Sudaconic, and I was just like, mm, I'm not awake. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is real. And then I just texted Rob. I was like, check your messages, check your Twitter, check Instagram. She's just like, what? I'm like, is this real? This is not a spam account, right? And she's like, no, this is definitely Kelly Sue. And she asked us if she could use it. And I was like, yeah, you can have it. These are your characters. Right. And a couple of months later, somebody sent me a picture of them holding me on the comic. And I was just like, uh, what? Oh my god! <laughs> this is real. That is super cool. Wait, so which um, which character were you? Because I love Bitch Planet. I've only read the first volume, so maybe some of the second. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, yeah, mm. you you know the character then. It's somebody yeah. who's introduced very early, Camo Kogo. I was gonna guess her because <laughs> oh my god, yes, um, yes, amazing natural hair, big hair, and is just going around fucking everybody up. And I was just like, yeah, I'm about that life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she definitely, when I saw her, I was like, I want to be her. Um, also, shout out to Kelly Sue DeConnick, because she is a Sailor Moon fan also. See? We're just, just all coming up. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so cool. Man, that's such a great introduction to, like, cosplaying. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is right. an easy cosplay I can make. Mm -hmm. Some overalls, dye them. I had to hand make the stencil because mm. I was just like, I don't know what a cry cut machine is, but I have <laughs> tape and paper. Right. I'm going to make one. And I made it and was like, here, Robin, here's some white paint. Go use this. Mm. But I was just like, this is an easy introduction. And it was more hands on. That's the stuff I like. I like being able to dye the fabric and to paint on it, not necessarily sew two pieces together. So it hit all of my my marks for intro to cosplay that I felt comfortable with doing. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, I love it. I love this good story. Um, I, this may be an overlap because you had such a great introduction, but what's your most favorite cosplay that you've done? Oh. Or the one you're most proud of? Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so I don't have a lot. So mm -hmm. if I do a cosplay, I like to go all out and I want all the props all the mm. hair like if i have to wear contacts i will go out and find the color contacts or as close as i can get to that character and kill myself trying to put them in because i suck at putting in contacts <laughs> um so i don't have a large portfolio of cosplays but they are more often than not involved but my favorite one for this year that nobody got to see because 2020 um mm. is my Geralt the witcher cosplay oh yeah i did see that on instagram yeah that was my that's supposed to be my debut back into con life because i took like a little break last year mm -hmm. but everything went to shit 2020 that was just like plans. yeah 2020 was just like you're not going anywhere ever again yeah um but i had so when covid kicked off i had just got my cosplay from the person who made it and literally all the pieces had just made it to my house because I was supposed to be going to uh, Seattle mm -hmm. for Emerald City. Oh, right. Portland? 
wherever Emerald City is. I think it's I cannot Seattle. Rem- I want to say it. I want to say it's Seattle. My memory is a little fuzzy right now. We'll call it COVID brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had just got all my components, my flight. I was testing it. And then they closed the city. <laughs> I was like, you're not going anywhere. Right ever again and I was just like oh cool so I'm gonna go behind the building and take pictures and when I put everything on like when I put on the last boot and popped in the last contact I was like oh crap this is my favorite and I don't even get to like wear you outside without looking like a weirdo in New York City but that is (laughs) oh yeah no I'll fit right in it'd be perfect right now right but that is like by far my favorite one Mm -hmm. um and then it made me kick off my, I'm just going to get dressed up in my house mm-hmm. for all of COVID. <laughs> so yeah. It did give me a project. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's fun. That's been the nice thing. I've been loving to see like your cosplays on Instagram and like your hand painted like jean jackets. You know, it's been, Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, you are doing stuff. <laughs> Got to just. Keep making all the things and keeping busy. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Um, is there any cosplay you still have on your list? And also, I looked it up. Emerald City Comic Con is in Seattle. So you're okay. right. Okay, I was right. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and yeah, is there anyone you wanted to do? And have you done a Sailor Scout, actually? I don't know. So I haven't done a Sailor Scout. I mm-hmm. wanted to do um, like a based off of Babstar like biker series. Oh, um, Motor Crush? No, so she did, oh. like, a, a Sailor Scout biker series. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, like, a couple of years old now. Right. Um, so I love that because, once again, I'm all about, like, badass chicks kicking ass, just doing all the things. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm going to put them on a motorcycle. I'm going to give them leather and denim with spikes and studs. And I was like, oh, I own half of this. <laughs> all I have to do is put on a wig. <laughs> And paint a different patch. Oh, this is right. great. This is perfect. So it was right up my alley as far as utilizing skills that I actually have mm-hmm. and meshing them with cosplay. Um, and I was just like, I can find a motorcycle. I know people with them that I'll hop on one for mm-hmm. a prop photo. <laughs> so I was just like, that is still on my list. Um, but I do eventually want to do like a full group cosplay of all the Sailor Scouts in their original costumes. Mm. Because those are also just cute. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list too. And yeah, I love any like, I love any alternate Sailor Moon artists, like reimaginings. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites. And like any like apocalyptic Sailor Moon, or um, they have like uh, there's one I just found where it's like, like old French or something like that. It's Ooh, like the Victorian all, like, one. Yeah, the Victorian. Yeah, the comic on um. On Instagram, I've been obsessed with it. I'm like, I need to go through this whole thing because it is, it's addictive and it's great and looks so cool. Hmm? Funny you mentioned that. I have fallen down a YouTube rabbit hole of Edwardian and Victorian quote unquote historically accurate costumes. And I was just like, ah, this is going to be put to use somewhere. If I can't sew it myself by the end of 2020, I will at least know the proper terminology and fabric that I'm supposed to be using. As well as the like actual time period it should fall into, so yeah, we're gonna make this happen. <laughs> that is awesome, and I need all of those YouTube links, or at least the first video that made you fall down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll also fall down because you're just like, oh, do I want to sew my own chemise? Maybe not. But Possibly. then twenty videos later, you're over here designing a dress. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I need to at some point. I want to at least make or pay someone to make a um, princess serenity dress so those skills would come in handy no that dress like when i was a young child and i imagined myself getting married in white i was just like this is the dress i want Mm -hmm. and my mother was just like yeah that's like because of the style growing up from like the 90s and the early 2000s like those weren't those dresses weren't in style so she's just like you won't actually like this then. And I'm like, nah, I'd still want the cut of that dress. I just probably wouldn't do white. Yeah, like, no. It's just, it's A plus, okay? Yeah. It's funny how, I mean, yeah, same thing. Like, I always wanted that dress for my wedding. And, like, it still holds up. Yes. And I don't know if it's just, like, 
I have like Sailor Moon rose colored glasses on, or if it's like, <laughs> but it just still looks really good to me. No, it, it definitely still holds up. First of all, the fashion in Sailor Moon as a mm-hmm. whole keeps coming and going in waves, as fashion yes. always does. But I feel like for 2020, especially at least for the last two years, like that entire color palette, literally all the pastels, um, with some smatterings of jewel tones and the cuts of the clothes are coming back like overalls and turtlenecks mm-hmm. three years ago we laughed at somebody with that outfit but now we're just like oh yeah i could see it <laughs> bring yeah. back the corduroy yes like everything um that sailor mars wore like i just want it all mm-hmm. like i want my pink overalls yeah me too i almost bought some because i'm like that's such a cool casual cosplay yeah, I could super totally easy. do that. Yeah, it's pink overalls, white shirt, and just like get a bag. Yeah, a little briefcase or something. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, but part of the reason I really wanted you on this episode for this time is because you love Halloween. Yes, <laughs> and I think that's so cool because just I don't know many people who like love Halloween as like their favorite holiday, and I'm starting to learn that there's more people. Oh, but um, we're out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I totally believe it. There should be a Halloween fan club podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah. So when I guess first thing is like, when did you realize you were like a big fan of Halloween, and like, what do you think kind of like made you love Halloween so much? Uh, so I guess it crosses back over into cosplay. Before I knew what cosplay was, I just mm-hmm. wanted to dress up all mm-hmm. the time. I was that kid that. You put on your costume October 31st, but I didn't take it off until like November 5th when my mother was just like, you can't wear this anymore. It has to go in the garbage or it has to go in the wash. Pick one. Right. Um, Like I would just want to put my costume back on after school every day, but I couldn't wear it until Halloween. So I had to wait. And then as I got older and I got introduced to conventions, I was just like, people get to dress up all the time. Right. But it for me... Halloween isn't just on the 31st. It's literally October 1st. Mm. October 1st is the first day of Halloween. And I love the decor that comes out that I just use every day in my home. So I love the fact that the rest of the world is now getting hip to the things that I love. So it's like when it comes out, when it comes around in like September, I'm just like, ah, yes, Halloween is approaching. Everybody starts to put out all the stuff that I love all year round. Mm-hmm. so it's just like oh hey thanks halloween's coming and i i was like seven or eight when i started sailor moon and i was just like halloween is it for me i don't care about christmas i don't care about thanksgiving i don't care about my birthday like my birthday also falls second to halloween hmm. it is that serious no i get it like it is fun like just dressing up and i definitely like could see that like, why not all year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I also like the creepy aspect. It's mm. because it's when the rest of the world right. is on the same page as me. So I look less weird mm. um, decorating things. I like to go all out. Like, I like to decorate the front of my building. Thankfully that I, I get to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Everybody else just goes along with it. I decorate right. my apartment door. Um, I change the layout of my apartment. Like, I will go. I'm like, yes. Go look on. at all of my wares yeah and the creepy just comes out more um <laughs> i generally collect like morbid curiosities but now no one is going to side eye it for right. the next 30 days yeah that's cool i like it it's like yeah <laughs> do you have a favorite halloween movie yes so my one of my favorite uh halloween movies is trick-or-treat Mm. Um, I like the weird little pumpkin character that's in it. His name is Sam, um, because the holiday is called Sowin, but it's spelled Samhain. Um, but he's so cute. I like him with and without the mask. You may not after you look up a picture. (laughs) (laughs) I just looked it up and I'm like, this looks scary. It's okay. So Trick or Treat is the B moviest of B movies. It mm. is um, an anthology, different stories, and they all overlap in this one town. And he is kind of the tie between all the stories. But it's so cute. 
because it does have a nice little story at the end and the moral to it. It's just like, be nice and hand out candy and don't blow out your jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Nice it message. is when you say it like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you watch it, you're going to be like, Siobhan lied. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is terrifying. What is she talking about? This is not Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Sam is one of my favorite characters. I have him on everything. I even got a tattoo um, mm. fairly recently of his whole face. His teeth? His face. Oh, his face. I don't even yeah. his teeth. And I'm like, that no. is very specific. No, his teeth are also creepy, but no. Yeah. I was just like, no, I want the face and I want the lollipop sweaters. So oh, that is cool. That is awesome. Um Yeah. Uh this looks really good. But um I may actually watch it though because I recently realized that I don't think like I used to be terrified of scary movies mm-hmm. and I couldn't watch them, like I get nightmares, but like like, I watched Get Out, and I was like, okay, like, this wasn't too bad. Yeah. And then I watched Us, and I'm like, okay, this wasn't too bad. And yes. then I watched, I've been watching Lovecraft Country, and I'm like, maybe I'm okay now. And, like, of course, those things aren't, like, true horror. Like, it's not, like, uh, The Ring. <laughs> but Yeah. Uh, I think people get stuck on horror as a genre because they're just like, it's going to be too scary. It's going to be too bloody. But there are mm-hmm. some, there are some genres, just like with anything. Um, you got your creature features you got your gory movies you got your psychological thrillers like you just need to find the thing that is not going to keep you awake for a week yeah or if you want that in your life find that thing (laughs) but just like find whatever is going to work with you and you seem to like psychological thrillers because all the ones listed are like Mm -hmm. we'll mess you up (laughs) especially if you fall into the categories of the characters that they are featuring but it's mostly things that are just mind fucks yeah that's most of the time that's what always got me though because i i did realize i like psychological thrillers and i'm like well maybe i should watch saw and i'm like no too gory yeah <laughs> so i'm just there trying, yeah i'm like trying to find this like good middle ground for like a while now and i'm like okay this this is good i can take this <laughs> yes no, that's a, a safe place to be but they can still get you because it'll be the the scores and the music and the theatrics that they have going on yeah throughout the movie even if there isn't a monster that's going to come and get you mm-hmm. it's the noises those are right. the things that get me more jump scares oh yeah even if i know there isn't a, a freddy or jason or michael myers i'm just like god damn it the music got me again <laughs> <laughs> yeah no same that music is uh i mean it's a reason it's a job yeah <laughs> um have you been watching lovecraft country by the way i definitely have i just finished the last episode uh, a little later than everybody else but i wanted to hold on to it because we don't have we yeah. don't have a lot of i don't want to say big budget but mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of big budget black horror things yeah very so. very true i was like trying to stretch it out for as long as i could yeah so what did you think of the finale <laughs> I have feelings about it. I feel like yeah. about the whole show. Overall, I'm happy that we got a show that allowed people to see that Black people can be featured in horror, that Black people can write horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ending, I was just like, "That's it. Mm. Is there is there going to be a season two? <laughs> I know. I was happy that it wasn't a series finale. Yes, so. but I'm I'm hoping." Mm-hmm. Like, of course you want these characters to go on and have happy, fulfilling lives. <laughs> right. But that's not horror, okay? Mm-hmm. Halloween has taught us that. There are, uh, like, 60 Halloween movies because she's never she's never going to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. She's always going to keep popping up. Like, I love that about horror. So I kind of don't want Lovecraft to end. Mm-hmm. I need them to have some angst and a little bit of murder again. <laughs> Right. That makes me sound bad, but I like that's my favorite aspect of horror. It just keeps going. <laughs> you think you won, you think you got out of the nightmare, but then you realize you're still stuck in the dream. Oh man, that's terrifying. <laughs> but, but I get it. It is fascinating for sure. Um, so what what's one thing you liked and one thing you didn't like? I guess I should say. Um, I do love the range of actors. Mm-hmm. We. Uh, 
historically Hollywood does this thing where they make sure the darkest person is the no darker than a paper bag. Right. So yep. I'm glad we had a range of skin tones and body types. But then the thing I don't like about it is how they treated those darker characters mm-hmm. and the bigger bodies um, and the other marginalized folks within the black community. So it's like, yeah, you included a range of black to showcase like all of the levels that we are. But then you did the thing that white Hollywood still does, which is take those same characters and you don't flush out their stories as much um, mm-hmm. or you just use it as a diversity mark to tick off. Yeah, I'm guessing you're talking about like Ruby and and D. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I get that D wasn't originally meant to be one of the the like core group, but at the end of the day, it's literally a family of people, and they just kept forgetting her. But I guess if you've grown up in a family big enough, you know that that actually does happen to the younger folks. Like, yeah, if the age gap between the middle child and the youngest person is that far apart you do just kind of get lost in the sauce so that is a little bit realistic mm-hmm. but to write off ruby who is the same age as the main cast or in the age range right. was just like oh you did the did you try to mammy her because she is a fat mm-hmm. black woman um and she's only there to like fix your problems so whenever letty needed something it's like let's ask ruby right I, i'm stuck <laughs> in a pickle let's ask ruby <laughs> Oh, you aligned yourself with somebody who we think and know is all powerful. Let's ask Ruby. Like, it's, I was just like, oh, no. And then when, like, I knew it wasn't all the spoilers. I hope you've seen it by now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair. Spoilers. If you don't want to hear spoilers, skip ahead about five minutes. Yes. Um, So when you have that car scene, I was like, damn, that's not the Ruby we know. Like, Mm. as soon as it happened, I was like, nope, that ain't her. Wow. And then when she came out and told her, like, it was, I was like, oh. And then she was like, I wouldn't have to kill her. I was like, you didn't have to kill her. You could have just been like, you were lying. I can't fuck with you no more. And just, like, leave her. But the fact that they chose to give her a violent end, I was just like, wow. You didn't give her any growth. Mm -hmm. I also am not a fan of the storyline that they gave her altogether. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, I like I love the fact that she had that realization that I don't want to be a white woman. I just wanted the power mm-hmm. that comes attached to it. If I did, like, all my problems will be solved if I'm white. Oh wait, they won't. I just right. want what you have, and we're gonna call it a day. So I mm-hmm. like the fact that she chose not to continue to do it. But then they they brought it back again in another episode, and I was just like, please stop doing this. Yeah. Um. And the same thing with Montrose. It felt like. We needed to take a queer mark off of our storyline. So Mm -hmm. we threw one in there. And it is integral to the story because there is a lot of internalized homophobia in the Black community. Right. So I thought it would be a moment for us to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But instead of doing that, they were just like, and that's why he's abusive to Tick. And I was like, okay. And now he gets to live his truth. So now are we going to start having an actual discussion around it? Or are we just going to keep going right and they kept going they just used it as a like i said as a point to take off a diversity mark and it just and that hurts because like i am a part of the queer community i was happy to see myself in a show mm-hmm. and then i'm like you also have to think about the time period which i do try to acknowledge but to have it play out in that way and then never offer a a bigger discussion around it it just feels like you threw it together. You didn't necessarily think it through. Um, same thing with, I want to say her name is Yahima. I'm probably butchering mm, the pronunciation. I think that is right. At to, least that's how I've heard other people say it. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I heard it in the show, but they said mm-hmm. it so quickly that I was like, I'm probably not going to catch that and remember it. Yeah. Um, when they introduced somebody who, I'm going to say they were trying to perceive as trans or intersex. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like you introduce this character. I'm like, yes, we're we're talking about indigenous folks and how cis is definitely a terminology that we use to apply, but it didn't always apply to everyone, mm-hmm. regardless of what century we lived in. Right. So I was like, yay! And then how that episode ended, mm-hmm. it was just like, 
okay, are we never going to discuss it again? Are we, that's it? What was the point of having this person acknowledge that they are two-spirit? Right. Why do they have to be naked? If you could just say the words, you didn't have to show nudity. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just so many aspects of it. When you introduce any of these characters, if they are not characters that align with who you are, just either do a lot of research or don't include them. Like, I mm-hmm. I would love to see more queer folks in stories, regardless of the color of the cast. But I hate when we are used as a token. Yeah. It's so, so like, for a plot device. Yeah. Like, just mm-hmm. don't do not do that. Um, so, like, I have a lot of feelings about it. I am queer. So, Lovecraft Country did that part of my identity very bad. And... I feel like they didn't portray dark skinned folks in the best light. Like they did still do the the light, bright, savior thing. Mm-hmm. Bloody played by Journey Smollett is still light skinned. So it's we didn't come too far, but we came a little bit far little in terms steps. of getting a big budget for a show. Right. Yeah, I think like I'm really happy that it allowed us to or allowed Holly White Hollywood to see that. Black people can do big budget horror. And even like, there were like, there was an episode that kind of felt like Indiana Jones esque a little bit. Yes. And I, like, I, I did like that episode a lot because it, yeah. it was cute. Like, it is, like, we, like you said, we don't see black people being able to produce or being featured in a lot of different types of movies. So, mm-hmm. Lovecraft kind of gave us a hint of three different genres. It was just like, see we can do all three and we can be great in all three right like we got sci-fi fantasy we got horror we got adventure yeah like what what do you want we can do everything yep um but yeah but like i said there were definitely some missteps with their queer characters and colorism and all that non-fun stuff yep um but as a as a show i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. like it was great to watch i did still watch every episode every week like it i definitely still tuned in it wasn't a case of i have to put this down i wanted to see it through to the end because i did want to see if they were going to rectify any of those issues that i picked up for myself right yeah and i think i'm i'm holding out hope that ruby might still be alive or will come back to life um just because before i think christina said that um she has to put like the people she takes over in like in a coma yeah so i think that's only if she wants to like use them again yes. but i'm hoping that that's what happens or yeah as, hoping that's what you know and that could be a great season two opener because that would be great apparently every white person is stripped of magic but now you have this black woman in a coma why is she in a coma right she's I'm sure it's a magically induced coma, so it's like she might it might magically preserve her body and she might outlive everyone. Mm-hmm. Um hell, it could take place today when season two happens and she just wakes up like somebody trips an, an alarm or something and she wakes up and it's just her knowing about magic and then finding her her family and she's introduced to the next generation or whatever. Like uh, oh. I don't know. There are so many ways they can take it and not have her character actually be dead. Mm-hmm. And like Christine could have just said that for shock value. Because if I tell you right. your sister's dead, you're probably going to stop fighting me for five minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Or just, like, if I want to hurt you. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, like, tell you something that I know is going to sting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible. It is possible. Yeah. I'm hoping, holding out hope. Um, and then hopefully we see... At least I, I at least want Montrose to get a happy ending. Like, everyone else can, like, <laughs> you know, continue to battle these demons on a regular basis yes but um you can just bow out and raise his grandson yeah oh right yeah 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 i keep forgetting that was a story (laughs) (laughs) so bad i'm like there's a whole kid that we all forgot about that is brewing in letty's stomach yeah it was the first thing i thought about then when she fell i was like no but even though that's it's kind of messed up too but um but yeah yeah, but she came back to life, sort of, kind of, too. So that was awesome. Yeah, so I don't know if you caught it, but Christine gave her back the mark of invulnerability. She did. Okay, I did see that, and I was like, wait, she's got it back? And I'm like, did they do that? 
Yeah. So oh, that's interesting. They, I don't, when they were doing the, when they were connected by the Kitsune, when she like mm-hmm. stuck her tails into both of them mm-hmm. and you were seeing like flashbacks from both of their lives. One of the flashbacks that Christine had was pushing Letty off the, the tower and you see, and they zoom in on her body and there's no mark on her stomach. Her top magically rose perfectly. And then mm-hmm. the mark started to engrave itself in her. Oh, that's so it's like I pushed you off to get rid of you, but I didn't want to kill you. Right. I guess. Do you think it was her like keeping that promise to Ruby, or do you think she was like, "I might need you still"? I'm wondering. That's interesting. So yeah, I'm hoping it's a. I'm hoping it is a mark of redemption for her, but I also mm-hmm. hate redemption stories that don't actually let people redeem themselves like oh i did this one good thing before i died so i'm good again right <laughs> so i'm thinking it's a hey if this doesn't work out with your dad i still got dibs on this kid because mm. it does flow through the bloodline that is true um, so it could be altruistic on her part or it could be i really don't want to have to kill the last remaining parts of my family because mm. i have no other family now right possibly yeah, I did not notice that. I did notice that she had the, the mark back when I was just like, when did this happen? So, cool. Man. Well, yeah. Lots of feelings. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of feelings about Lovecraft Country. I do enjoy it. I, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm excited to see what other doors will be opened for mm-hmm. Black folks just around the world as far as being introduced, as far as other people being introduced to Black horror this way. Mm-hmm. Like black people aren't new to horror. We've had things like Candyman. Right. We've had Tales from the Hood. So it's like mm-hmm. we know we can do black horror, but we need the world to see that we can do black horror. Yeah, especially since I think at least more like early two thousands, more like black horror has been more comedy. Yeah. In a way, so I'm glad we're seeing like true horror or you know mm-hmm. true sci fi fantasy. Yeah. So something a little more funner. <laughs> uh, if you had to choose to see, well, either I give you two options. Um, see how chance you go up against Freddy, Jason, or Mike Myers. Um, who do you want to see them go against? And like, who do you, I guess both. And who do you think would make it? Um, like you said earlier, if they didn't have their powers. This was before the recording. <laughs> um. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if they didn't have powers, I feel like most of them would die. <laughs> I feel like Jupiter would do it. No, I said, I'm saying most of them. Oh, most. You did they, say most. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, not all. So most of them might catch it. Like, mm-hmm. I love Usagi, but as the crybaby, as the crybaby, she'd be the one that gets you caught. Mm, true. And then, of course, you know, the person that gets you caught either dies in your place and you're allowed to run and kind of use them as a scapegoat, which sounds mean, um, or they are the person that ends up making it to the end and you're just like, how did you make it? And he realized that they got everyone else around him killed. <laughs> Sounds right. The, the, see, the <laughs> one thing about horror that everyone forgets, it's not forever. Every horror movie um, has like an end point for that character. It's they can't be up past sunrise. They only feed every 28 years or something like that. So it's like, you just got to make it until something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Usagi would make it just because she's a crybaby. Mm. But if we were talking about like brute strength, I do want to say Jupiter, but I'm obviously going to say Mars. I was thinking that too. I mean, she definitely has the best skill set for something that's yeah. like, yeah, supernatural. I also feel like she's more, yeah, obviously because of her background, but I also feel like right. she's more cutthroat, whereas Jupiter, mm. it's just like, I'm strong, but I don't want to always be seen as strong. So like, right. whereas... Mara is like, I'm going to kick all of your asses. Yeah. And you don't think I can. I think you're right, actually, on that. Yeah. Thank I you. I've had um, 30 minutes to think about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like, so wait, so who would you want them to go up against of those three? Or even uh, like another classic movie? Um, <laughs> I would want to see them go against. Jason. Hmm. Just because I don't I don't know if you've watched either like any of the Jason movies or any of the Michael Meyer movies. But Long we all know they of. do the thing where they speed walk and somehow always catch you. Mm-hmm. 
I hate it. That's the one thing I hate in horror movies. Because it doesn't matter how fast you run. It doesn't matter how good right. your stamina is because they're just always behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to see them go up against that. It's just like magical teleportation moves that they mm-hmm. all seem to have. Right. But yeah. That would be good. I was leaning towards Freddy only because si- well, Sailor Moon Usagi, Serena loves sleeping so i just would be just really curious to see how that like plays out <laughs> okay well if they're going against freddie she's definitely going to be the first one that gets sucked in because oh, she yeah. is always sleeping it would be while they're studying together she mm-hmm. passes out and then they notice she doesn't wake up even for for dinner and they're just like what's what's going on yeah she'd be the first to go and then they pull her in yeah like they all get pulled in um yeah no yeah now i see it so you're saying so you think an order of like, so what do you think Venus and um, Mercury's chances are of surviving? Okay, so I think Usagi has a chance of going first, getting mm-hmm. killed first, and making it towards the end. So she's just that person who could be either or. Right. Mars would be my pick for somebody who just made it straight through the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say followed by Venus, mm. and then Jupiter. Followed by Venus, and then Pluto, and then Jupiter. I'm sorry to put her so far at the top of getting killed first but i feel like because it would be a i'm fighting for my friend as people get picked off her mm-hmm. will would be diminished so like to see usagi who's like in my eyes is the person that obviously ties them all together and keeps them like keeps them going is a huge motivator for all of them to see her go first jupiter might be like holy crap no i can't do this mm-hmm. even though there are so many of the other ones alive Right. And then Pluto would be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. This is our plan. This is how it's going to work. And then the plan goes to shit. And then it's, she's gone. And then it's just like Venus, who we're introduced as the person who has been doing this forever, is kicking ass, <laughs> would get it. And then Mars would just be like, fuck, I, I just got to get out for them. So I think yeah. Venus could make it towards the end. Like, the sun is starting to rise, and they only have two more hours left. Yeah. And then she gets got. Oh, So close, Venus. <laughs> oh, what about Mercury? I think that's the only one of the inner century that we're missing. Ooh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to do everybody. Well, you can't do that, too. Just, but yeah, we'll be there forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so just the inner. I think Mercury's the only missing. I want to say Mercury could make it. Hmm. She's very smart. Far. Yeah. Yeah, Mercury could make it pretty far. Yeah. Although she might just like figure out what's going on, like right in time for them to kill her. That's always yeah. the person yeah. who puts it all together. And yeah. Like, and this is how this is happening. And this is their power source. Right. And then this is how we actually have to kill them. And then they get stabbed in the chest. Right. As they are telling you how to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would be Mercury, unfortunately. Um, but she would help everyone else survive. I don't know. Uh, I still want to do Neptune and Uranus. Oh, <laughs> Chibi Yusa. Why not? <laughs> um, I want to say, so like, if you are newer to Sailor Moon, you are probably always confused about the ages of everybody. Because people who watch Sailor Moon are still confused about the ages of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, Neptune and Uranus are supposed to be significantly older. Or like, adults quote unquote mm-hmm. um so i want to say they are the people who just don't believe them mm. so like everybody's gonna run up to them and it's like oh my god we just got attacked by this and they're just gonna be like hey kids like just go back to the house you know stop watching scary movies have dinner we'll see you later and then when the sun is coming up and the straggler whoever you think is the person that makes it is the person that sees them and they mm-hmm. see each other and they're just like holy shit you were telling the truth so i don't even put them in a in the the main horror pot right they're just like off having their own like romantic drama yeah. <laughs> and then they're just like yeah like they're probably out on a date and they interrupt their date or their anniversary or something and they're just like we knew we were planning for this go back home like that's how i imagine their relationship is hmm. that's <laughs> because so every horror story for the most part, has the people, the non-believers, um, mm-hmm. and the people you just got to try to get on your side. 
and you're just like, thanks for not believing me. Everyone's dead now. How do you feel about yourself? Right. Are you happy with yourself? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's where I put them in the horror trip. And then, well, since we're this far, I'm only going to ask Chibusa and Tuxedo Mask. Okay. Yeah. See, I just... <laughs> So the room I'm in has literally everybody in front of me. So I was going through the list. Love it. As you, but I was like, oh, you probably don't want everyone. Because we'll be oh, here forever. This is um, the Sailor Moon but Club But Usa, I want to say, doesn't make it to the end, but like dies heroically for a child. Mm. Like instead yeah. of like hiding in the corner or underneath the bed, like starts to be the secondary person to put the plan together after Mercury and it's just like um no guys I'm used to fighting I'm used to this right. because of her, her history and she's just like nah I know what to do but because she, she like goes out in a blaze of glory mm. <laughs> I can see head. that um Tuxedo Mask died probably before Usagi was even introduced <laughs> to the horror thing <laughs> like he's the thing that we now they tell the story mm. before the the main part of the movie even yeah. starts Somebody has to. Yeah, we just got to get rid of him before the movie even <laughs> really kicks off, because <laughs> he would not be very useful. <laughs> I'm so it's so funny because it's so true, and that's yeah. that's kind of how even Sailor Stars star, stars starts. <laughs> See, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. He is the one. He is very susceptible to these villains' plans. So. Mm-hmm. He would be the first one to go, like the, like the first kid that gets pulled down in the it. <laughs> yeah, thing you're just a little like, beginning. Oh. It's like okay, um, that happened. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, thank you for indulging me. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> that was great. Um, and then, do you have any advice for anyone who wants to become a cosplayer or to show their love for Halloween? Um, just do it. Regardless, that sound like the Nike ad. Um, yeah, no, no. Like regardless of your age, your skill level, your love for quote unquote true horror, true mm-hmm. Halloweenness, you can start any of these things. When it comes to cosplay, it took me so long to start because I kept thinking, "Oh, I can't sew. I can't make everything from scratch. It's not gonna look screen accurate." What is screen accurate? What is historical accuracy? Like. Throw all that out the window and just make it accurate to whatever you have floating around in your head and do it. Um, somebody's always going to have a problem with something you do. So mm. at least be happy doing it. And when it comes to Halloween, you don't have to go out and buy the newest Halloween collection. If you have thrift stores, all of the stuff that people are scrambling to buy now to decorate their homes with will be in every thrift shop the first week of November. Because Target, Walmart, all the big name stores are going to get rid of the stuff. So you can you can start Halloween collecting literally the first week of November for next year or just all year long if you are like me. There's just, just go out and get it, thrift it, maybe not go out because we're still under some sort of quarantine depending on what state you're in. Mm. Um, but like you can always find this stuff. You can make it in your home. If you have access to like any sort of crafting materials you can make it like halloween is in your heart as cheesy as that sounds <laughs> i like it i like it. feel like yeah that's really good halloween is in your heart um and well i didn't ask you this for so what's one halloween themed thing that's like you own that's your favorite once one sailor moon thing that you own that's your favorite or or that you you can choose the tattoo too. Oh, <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out how to like phrase um, that. But yeah. Funnily enough, I have a Sailor Moon tattoo. Mm-hmm. So that is yeah. my favorite. That's how I figured out you were a fan. I remember. Yeah. I wear I was my like, very well. Yeah. Um, but actually, my favorite Sailor Moon thing is I have um the Chibi Usa SH Figure Arts, mm. which is for if anyone ever wants to collect an action figure like thing the sh figure arts line is what i find the most um financially feasible line um even if you aren't out here trying to complete a collection like it's a great place to start if you want something that's a little bit more articulated and not like as expensive as the 500 statue um but that's one of my favorite figures in general um and then 
my favorite horror or Halloween thing is this freaking Sam statue that I went crazy <laughs> trying to find. It came out last year and sold out in two seconds from Spirit Halloween. And the minute they dropped it this year, I pre-ordered it so quickly. But it's Sam sitting on top of his jack-o'-lantern. Um, he's just sitting there adorably on top of it, but it lights up. Um, but it's like a hard resin piece. So I just, I don't actually turn the lights on because I don't care about that. I just like the figure itself. And I just keep it on my shelf as a statue. Nice. Cool. I love it. Cool. And just like Sailor Moon had her Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode, what would your phrase be? So Sailor Shabazz said. Uh, keep kicking ass. Just, <laughs> it applies to so much in my life. Whether it's kicking a test ass, mm. just going out and kicking the interview, just go out and do your best. It is universal. Yep. Yeah. It was funny because before I was like, Halloween is in your heart is a perfect Sailor Moon says phrase too. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm I like a bit more um, violent in mm. my day-to-day life. That right. sounds bad, but I'm, I, whenever it comes to telling somebody to do something, I'm just like, yeah, go and fuck it up. Just, yeah, just go do that. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like, go and conquer that thing. It is yours now. Yeah. Yeah, keep kicking ass is something I actually say every day. <laughs> perfect this. Oh, and then what is next for you and where can people find you um well lately i've just been crafting a lot because we're stuck indoors mm. uh, so you can catch me crafting on my instagram at geeky and creepy and just come hang out with me make a thing show me your cosplays or show me whatever cosplays you want to do even if you have no idea where to start i will help you with my meager experience Yes, and then I look forward to seeing those Victorian Edwardian pieces. I'm telling you, the, <laughs> the minute I'm like, look at my new sewing machine. Look at all this fabric. You know it's coming. Mm, okay, I'll be I'll be watching out for the Instagram stories. <laughs> like, you're right. She, she's got some tools. <laughs> Once again, I'm Victoria L. Johnson. You can find me at Miss Old School. It's Old School with a K on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the podcast here in the fan club at Mooney's Club and Mooney's Club on in- Mooney's underscore club on Instagram and Mooney's Club on Twitter. And um, we also just did a panel on Revolution- Revolutionary Girl Utena. It's on our YouTube channel. So if you want to check that out, if you love Utena, it was a really great panel with Princess Weeks from the Mary Sue and um, Brianna Lawrence, who wrote a Magical Girl series called 90 Feet Noir. And I'll drop the link in the um, description too. And thanks so much, Shabazz, for coming on the show. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me.